You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jenny Williamson. And I'm Jen McMenemy. And we're from Ancient History Fangirl. So you're about to tune into Queen's podcast, and we're here to just give you a heads up. These two swear like a lot. So if that's not your thing, this may not be the podcast for you. But if it is your thing, you're in the right place. You're not supposed to say in the warning about saying Jen. Oh, I feel like that scene in Love Actually where she swears at the Prime Minister. There might be a Prime Minister listening right the f*** now. We don't know. Oh, we've cocked that up, haven't we? Totally f*** this up. So, if you like your history tipsy and interspersed with F-bombs, you might like us too. Check out Ancient History Fangirl wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the show! Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hello, Nathan. Hey, Katie. So, are you ready to talk about Hortense Mancini some more? Uh, yeah, uh, totally interesting, and we left on a cliffhanger. We left on a cliffhanger? <laughs> How would you ever figure out what happened next if we weren't here to tell you? I know, you would be driving yourself it's insane. I know, it's not like you have all the internet that we have too, but <laughs> thank you for joining us. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to the last episode... Like, you're going to be lost. So go back and listen to Hortense Mancini Part 1 before listening to this one. And just a refresher, she is, like, this awesome socialite um, lady from the nobility from the 1700s. Yes. 1600s. She is from the 1600s. So Hortense, where did we leave her? Our girl was basically under house arrest. Yeah. By her uh crazy-ass husband. Because she, like, tried to hatch a plan... To get out of the fucking house. Because <laughs> he might knock her teeth out or something. Uh, right? this dude is crazy. So let's go back to the house arrest. Uh, uh-huh. Hortense had decided that she was going to run away, which wouldn't have been that easy of a decision at the time. Because she know? had children. Yeah. She had four kids. And, like, she was... Back then, you know, like, now when people split, a lot of the times the mother gets custody. Yeah, and She's even... She's not going to get... Visitation rights. <laughs> and also, on top of that, you've got the whole money ordeal. Like, yeah. when, today's times, if somebody splits, sometimes you get half of their money, or you get half of whatever. Back then, no, the man got to keep everything. Which is such bullshit, because so much of that money is from her family. Yeah. <laughs> her dower, she's, she should be independently wealthy, but because of the fucking patriarchy, yep. he would just not have to, like, give her any money. Yeah. So... And it wouldn't have been an easy decision. Like you said, it wouldn't be an easy decision to make because you're going to be broke and miss your kids. Exactly. So I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I am a little conflicted. 
I'm conflicted uh, the most about this because of leaving her daughters. Yeah, with, that's kind of sad. With the crazy zealous, like, what if they got hot after puberty and he knocks out their teeth? Because he never wants them to sleep with anybody ever. Uh, oh my god, that yeah, he's crazy. Uh, but unfortunately, I just couldn't find anything about the children's upbringing, so... God willing, I'm hoping like they there was someone there to raise them. Or maybe they normally. got married off early. Or maybe they were sent to like um, a different house to be raised. Like we can only hope. <laughs> I'm hoping they were sent to be wards of some other household. Ugh. So on June 13th, 1668, like a week after her 22nd birthday. Hortense decided she was going to make a fucking run for it this time. She's done. Yeah. So her brother basically sneaks onto her estate with some horses in a carriage in, like, the dead of night. Yeah. And comes and, like, whisks her away. Hortense and one of her maids end up sneaking out of the house dressed in men's clothing. And they fucking bolt, bitch. Run, honey. <laughs> Get the fuck out of there, girlfriend. She was running. So she was running. <laughs> So they ride like crazy, like to the outskirts of Paris and the maid and they like leave her brother and they're like, thanks, bro. And they hightail it. They're going to Rome. Yeah. Because if she's caught in France, she's going to be arrested and sent back to her husband. Yeah. Just to like start all over again with Crazo. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh, how frustrating would that be? Yeah. And Rome's pretty fucking far away. So she can kind of stay out of. Stay out of his clutches. Yes. Um, and Hortense was not quiet or discreet about her <laughs> about her adventures. Uh, news gazettes were like a new thing back then. Mm. Basically, like gossip magazines. Yeah, like she's basically on the cover of People or whatever, being like wealthy heiress flees husband dressed as man. <laughs> I mean, it would make a it would make a really strong headline today. They love. Her. Oh my god. And it's just another kind of parallel to the Kardashians today. Uh-huh. Because the news the gossip magazines love the car love keeping up with those Kardashians. Yep, it's true. It sells magazines too. And Hortense's escapades across Europe were very well documented in these. And um on top of everything, she's fleeing her husband and she dressed like a man this entire trip. Yeah. And she knew Nobody actually... She knew everybody knew who she was and that she was not a dude. Yeah. But it just added to her appeal. Yeah, and she would make sure that the press would know where she is or where she's headed or what she's doing. It made me think of... There's this story from um, Nick Lachey and Kim Kardashian went on like one date. And he says they went into the movies and then they came out and there was like all these paparazzi. <laughs> and she had so obviously like called the paparazzi and to be like, like, we're going to hey. be coming out of this movie at this time because she wanted to be in newspapers. And I was like, oh, such a Hortense move. <laughs> 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 I think she would. She did shit like that all the time. She also noted that even though she stayed in men's clothing for the whole trip, she still made sure that she looked super fucking cute. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. She wasn't, like, going around looking nasty. No, she was looking fly in her trousers. Nobody actually thought she was a real man. I mean, they knew it was Hortense. Absolutely. like, for sure. Her crazy husband was back home trying to get her to come back. He tried to get her arrested. 
He told everyone that would listen that her and her brother were having an affair together. Ugh. That's why he helped her escape. Ugh. Yeah. And though, of course, the law and polite society were both on the side of the husband, actual public opinion was split 50-50. Like, um, this one guy that wrote for one of the gazettes wrote, No cuckold has ever been so deserving of the title as the Duke of Mazarin, and every day of his life gives me more admiration for his wife, who prefers to take to the road rather than suffer his presence any longer. Mic drop. Damn. It also just goes to show you how popular she was and how unpopular. (laughs) I wonder why. I wonder why. (laughs) Beating your maids may not give you a good reputation. Carving off the dicks on priceless art pieces. (laughs) Yeah, right? Make people be like, the fuck, dude? So Hortense is headed to Rome where her sister Marie lives. And Marie is obviously super excited about seeing her. Yeah. Um, And side note about Marie now. She married very well, and her new title is Princess Colonna. But Marie's relationship with her husband was not the best either. Yeah, so she's fleeing a shitty marriage and going to, like, keep her sister company who is in a shitty marriage. Well, I mean, yeah. At least they're power in numbers, I guess. (laughs) Hortense kind of bounced around from family member to family member in Rome, and she stayed at her sister's house, too. Um... It probably was not the happiest time in her life. Yeah. Unlike in Paris, where she was, like, so popular and well-received, the Romans, her Italian family, thought she was a little trashy for leaving Uh, her husband and leaving her kids, and they didn't want the scandal, whereas Paris was like, the scandal. Give us the scandal. So, when her sister Marie was like, hey, I think my husband's trying to poison me. Oh, God. Uh. Hortense was like, why don't we leave? Yes. And Marie was like, yeah, why don't we leave? <laughs> Sounds so both like of a them, good idea. Both of them never really saw their kids again, so it sucks. But I guess it's better than getting poisoned by your husband. Yeah, right? And at the time, Marie was the King of France's first lover, so that's one reason so to go. So they were never... So the King of France and Marie, he... Wanted to marry Marie, remember we talked about mm-hmm. in the first episode? They they were never lovers. Oh, okay. He was just in love with her. It was a very, oh. like, innocent... Like, they never said... Her, her husband, Mr. Poison Happy over here, said <laughs> on their wedding night that he was surprised to find her a virgin. So, oh. so, because remember, even though they are the richest heiresses in Europe, like we said, they're leaving their husbands... They don't have any money of their own. Yeah. So they need protection. And their brother had been in Rome visiting, and he was about to return to France. So he writes to the king, and he's like, hey, if I bring my sisters with me, do you promise like, not to arrest any of us? Yeah, and then King Louis Fourteenth was like, the Mancini sisters? Back at my court? Yeah. Oh, please. Because they are fabulous. And also they like grew up together. They're basically like extended family. Yeah. So Hortense is finally back in Paris in 1670. Um, There's this one website I used a lot to source this story called uh, Party Live at 1660. (laughs) Which I recommend y'all. It's all about like Louis and Versailles and Mancini sisters are like each have their own page and everything. This website claimed 
that before leaving Rome, though, Hortense had another baby. Ooh, or was that just part of the gossip columns? <laughs> exactly. I don't. So I don't know if I didn't see that anywhere else that I had studied, but I mean. They didn't have birth control back then, so yeah, it's possible. Po- yeah, she was not known to keep her legs closed. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> she did. I don't know. But it's fun gossip, and I thought I'd include it, even if it's not true. Anyway, so she comes back to France, and King Louis sets up an account for her. Then he's going to put about 24,000 livres in there a year, which... So I found a website called reference.com that said the original value of a livre was one pound of silver, which on September 19th, 2014, was worth approximately $263. So that becomes $6.3 million a year. Okay. I mean, that's very generous if I did the... If, if this website is true, if I did that correct. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. That's very generous of the king. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and she wasn't even fucking the king. Like, there's... He yeah. Just, what, was, she was just a cool party chick. She was just a cool party chick, and he probably hated her husband, so she, he was like, "Fuck it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on up." But then Hortense meets the Duke of Savoy, and when we say meet, he's actually one of the suitors from episode one that didn't quite work out. Yeah, one of the ones that wanted the castle. Yeah, and Uncle Uncle Cardinal wouldn't give up with the castle. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand what they're doing with the fucking castle, but. <laughs> They reconnect, and they fell in love. Yeah, it makes you wonder what would have happened if they just started out that way. Yeah, if she would have just married this guy, her life would have been so much easier. (laughs) Right? But, well, they fell... They probably fell in love. He definitely fell in love with her. I... I don't know who Hortense was ever really in love with. Yeah, that's true. But she definitely loved the security Mm -hmm. that the Duke of Savoy provided. So we're just going to call him Duke of Savoy because too many people in this story have the same name. (laughs) So don't worry about his name. But he gives her this house in Savoy called Chateau de Chambre. Oh, sounds fancy. It it is fancy. It's (laughs) really nice. And he also gave her a pension. So she's got a place and a pension from the king and a pension from the duke. She is living life. She is like, all right, I am good. Yeah, she ends up turning her home into a salon, which we discussed that in the Madame de Pompadour episode. Mm -hmm. It's basically just a bunch of people gathering around... Shooting the shit, drinking champagne, doing some poetry, some art. Yeah, some... talking talking philosophy. Yeah. Just thinking out loud and drinking. <laughs> Sounds very but, invigorating. But it's fancy. Because <laughs> it's called a salon. <laughs> um, but, sadly, all good things must come to an end. And the Duke of, of Savoy died suddenly. And he left behind a wife and a young son who, unsurprisingly, were both like... Uh, yeah, you gotta go, bye. bitch. Uh, bye, Hortense. We're gonna, bye. we're gonna need your your chateau back. Uh, bye. <laughs> we we just really don't know about uh, that much about their relationship, but they were together for five years. Yeah, and we know Hortense does not put up with shit just because of money, because otherwise she would have stayed with her husband. Yeah. So I think that's indicative of that they were very happy together. Yeah. He probably, very... he let her do her own thing. Like, he didn't try to control her. hmm And so... She was definitely not that kind of woman. <laughs> yes. I don't understand this next part. Like, the... 
So after the Duke lo- dies and she loses that pension, somehow her husband gains, gains control of her account that the king is putting money into and freezes it. And so now she has no money again. That's weird. I don't understand that, but I feel like there's probably a lot that I don't understand about 16th century banking. (laughs) 17th century banking? I can't get my century straight today. (laughs) So she's, I guess, just wandering the streets with her jewels and royal couch surfing? (laughs) Yes, so she is royal couch surfing for a couple of months. And then by December, she's approached by the English ambassador to France. Mm-hmm. And the English ambassador to France hated the king's current mistress. Not Nell Gwen, who we covered previously. Yeah, the English king's mistress. Yeah, but a lady named uh, Louis, Duchess of Portsmouth. Yeah, and Charles had, like, a lot of mistresses, and a lot of them overlap. And besides all, despite that... I feel like he was a really cool guy. Like, I really like Charles II of England. But, yeah, he just, he fucked who he wanted. (laughs) Yeah, he really did. Anyway, Ambassador Bro was like, hey, I think we need a regime change in the English mistresses. And get you that if I get you that position, you'll owe me and the king will show me favor. Wanna go to London? <laughs> and Hortense puts back on her men's clothes to travel, and the ambassador is like, Oh no, um, that's not really necessarily you'll, you'll be traveling with me. And she's like, uh, shut up, bitch. This, this is my is, thing. This is kinda my thing. <laughs> I travel in men's clothing. For some reason, it looks good in the gazettes. (laughs) So they travel to England. Also, Hortense's cousin's daughter, so like her, one of the Mazzarinis, Mm -hmm. had a daughter that was now married to the Duke of York, which is the English king's brother. So her cousin, her second cousin, is now like next in line to be queen. Oh, wow. Of England. Yeah. So. She's not only traveling with, like, the ambassador, but also under the protection and the guise of, like, going to see her cousin. Well, yeah. But for whatever reason, she's still going in drag. (laughs) I think she just liked it. You do you, girl. Yeah. So Hortense hits the scene in London in December 1675, and she's just shy of 30 years old, which back then was like, oh my god, you're ancient. Yeah. Um, But several different gazettes and chroniclers mentioned how youthful she was. How she didn't look 30, and it's like, 30 is not that old. <laughs> um, my birthday is right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Katie's like, feeling a little sensitive. <laughs> and, yeah, different times, different times. King Charles of England feels like he steps in a time machine, and his infatuation for her has not waned whatsoever. Yeah, again, another one of her suitors that would have been so much of a better choice. So much better suited. I mean, they wouldn't have ever been faithful to each other, but I don't think to either of them that's a big deal. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> By early 1676, they are hooking up, and she becomes his his official mistress, and gains a pension. And the fun thing about this pension being in England is that her husband in France can't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> he can't touch it. Can't touch it. Can't touch my money. Um, <laughs> so, fuck yeah. That's awesome. 
I think the reason that they worked so well together was just like the Duke of Savoy. He never tried to control her. Mm -hmm. And Charles embraced how crazy she was. He loved that she was... I mean, like, Charles had a mistress for each mood he was in. (laughs) Yeah, he really did. And she was just... She was just like his wild card mistress. Mm -hmm. And, like, he just loved her wild and free spirit. And it was a bit more of, like, a party relationship. Yeah, they both like to drink. They both like to gamble, you know. She was a hot piece of arm candy. Yeah. He was the fucking king. So they both, like, it was mutually beneficial to both of them. And, hey, she was getting a pension. So So why the hell not? Sweet. But I don't think it was ever love, love. Oh, no. They were, I think they were more buddies than anything. They're kind of more fuck buddies. Yeah, they really are. (laughs) Friends with very beneficial benefits because money. Yes, exactly. And Charles was notorious to being kind and, you know, being the savior of women. I feel like he definitely had a savior complex and just thought that, like, I mean, but he took care. Like, once you were his mistress, he's going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Yeah, so, So, uh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Just for a couple years. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Again, oh yeah, so he had this savior complex and Lord knows Hortense needed taken care of. Yeah, she's all here for it. And... Again, she wouldn't have had Nina taken care of if she could just have the money that was hers to begin with. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fucking patriarchy. <laughs> oh, bag of dicks, bag of dicks. The uh-huh. is a bag of dicks. <laughs> so this relationship between the king and Hortense was just not meant to last. Mm-mm. Honestly, Mm-mm. Hortense is just too wild to be the mistress of somebody who's such a public figure. Yeah. Case in point. She had two noteworthy affairs while she was with Charles. One was with his daughter. Oh, my God. What the fuck? His daughter, his daughter, like, because Charles didn't have any legitimate children, Mm -hmm. but he had buckets of illegitimate children. And one of them was Anne, the Countess of Sussex. Okay, so... Hortense was about 15 years older than Anne, which is, like, gross, but... Opposite direction that we're usually talking about. Yeah, right. Hortense was 30 or 31, and Anne was about 16. So, barf. But for the most part, this relationship was harmless. Yeah. I feel like it's easy to hide 
especially back then, it was easy to hide a lesbian relationship. Oh, yeah. Because, like, women were always really close to their girlfriends, you Yeah, know? and they even had, like, a position called the royal bed warmer. Which was literally somebody in your staff, that their job was to sleep in the bed with you to keep the bed warm. And so <laughs> she was just like... Well, I want Anne to be my bed warmer. Like, <laughs> Makes this sense. Is, this is innocent. Mm. <laughs> um, but I don't think these two sp- particularly cared about hiding it. No. And sadly, I do kind of think that poor Anne did get up, end up getting like pretty hurt with this and relationship. Thing, she was yeah. so young. She was at 15 years old. Anne had been married off. You know, into a loveless marriage, but some old rich dude, so... It kind of sounds like Hortense a little bit. Yeah, so it was probably the first person she ever really, like, was horny for. Yeah, well, it's true. Yeah. Their relationship came to an end when they decided to have a sword fight in their nightgowns. I'm sorry, what? In the middle of a park. What the fuck? I have a feeling there was alcohol involved. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty certain it about that. Doesn't seem like something you would do sober. No. And this sadly was the end of the relationship because Anne's husband totally pulled an Armand and made his wife go to live in the country. Where she supposedly cried looking at a portrait of Hortense for like weeks oh i mean she is like fucking 17 years old and in a horribly arranged marriage and probably gonna not live the happiest life ever after this i hate that for poor baby Anne. i know poor thing i think she she and her husband end up like legally separating a little bit down the line so they didn't like each other no there's a lot of people in in these arranged marriages that are poorly matched yeah so yeah i hate that for poor baby Anne. but after that after Anne got sent off to the country um, they, the Society of London started calling her Hortense the Roman whore. Oh, well, that's lovely. Her reputation at court definitely took a hit after this whole drunkenly fencing and your nightgown in public This incident. just sounds so horrible. You're such a slut for doing that. What? I know, <laughs> I know. Just, ugh. Um, I read it that... I read on a passage that said there were, like, powerful in England writing to the king of France being, like, give this woman some money that her husband can't touch so she moves back to France. Oh. Like, that's how bad her reputation got. That there was, Yeah, they were just like, please give her money so she gets out of here. Wow. It may have been people writing that that were, like, friends with one of the other mistresses. Oh, that's true, yeah. too. That's true, too. But what made her fall from favor with Charles was an affair with a guy named Louis, Prince of Monaco. The Prince of Monaco was staying in England to broker some kind of, like, agreement or treaty or something with England. Um, I'm not... I don't, I don't really know why he was there. Um, <laughs> but what is super clear is that when Charles found out about the relationship, he lost his shit like whatever she she fucked his daughter and he's like cool um (laughs) but this guy holy shit i guess it's the politics of it maybe yeah like maybe them getting romantically like intertwined charles thought well that could fuck up like a peace agreement or Uh something and so it's one thing when you just hook up with my daughter and that's not really gonna mess with Diplomacy. <laughs> this could actually mess with, like, important shit, you know? So yeah. he 
was super pissed off, and he cut her the fuck off. Done. For three days. <laughs> Yay! That lasted a whole long time. So he cut her off and broke up with her. But then after three days, he gave her her pension back. <laughs> I, I guess he saw that she was totally fucked without the pension. Yeah. And savior complex. Um, so but they, their romantic relationship was over. After that, their romantic relationship was over, though they did remain really close friends mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were more than friends sometimes. <laughs> yeah, true. They're fuck buddies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess she's just charming as fuck because he was like, ah, fine. You can just keep your money. Please don't fuck any more princes. Thank you. <laughs> So while she's in England, her sister and cousins are all, like, still the talk of Europe. Oh, these bitches are, like, celebrities. Major celebrities. Her and her sisters would often be painted as a woman in, like, Roman robes dropping a pearl into a wine glass. (laughs) Sounds familiar. And if you listen to our Cleopatra episode, that's, like... A story she supposedly did was, like, dropped a pearl into a wine glass and then drank the wine. So they, that shows that they are just, like, this symbol of decadence. Yes. Yeah, the, those paintings aren't, like, portraits of them. Like, they didn't sit and pose for these Cleopatra paintings. They're, like, just, like, popular things that people who didn't even know them would, like, buy and have. Kind of, like... Putting a poster up of a celebrity up on your wall or okay. something like that. Got it. Yeah, it was bizarre (laughs) but yeah she's one of the most famous people in the world should be one of the richest people in the world but her husband has control of her money so she's stuck in england yeah basically all the money that she makes except for the money that that's in england is all her husband's and it's just so fucking infuriating oh but like he's still like in France, like, if she even thought about stepping foot in France, he was going to have her arrested and brought back Oh home. my god, he's so weird. It's been like ten fucking years. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, are you channeling that? He like, need, Well, that's what he needs to do. He needs to let it go. <laughs> Katie's singing Frozen over ten here. fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. So, for the next few years, Hortense goes back to her former Savoy life, you know, Living Just it. in England. She didn't yeah. go back to Savoy, because, as we said, arrested. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she... Her house becomes a salon. Um, She's gambling and drinking. Throwing parties. She's still got a, ni- a nice place of court. Um, like, a nice position at court, but then she goes back to her own place in uh, the city of Chelsea as well. This is totally the ideal situation for her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is probably when she was the most happy in her life. Yeah, this, and, and we don't know if she had any relationships during this time. We don't know about them. King Charles died a few years later, and I think Hortense probably, like, immediately had flashbacks of, like, getting kicked out of her house in Savoy. Oh, but her cousin is now queen. Yes! Since she was married to the king's younger brother, and then Charles had no legitimate children. Exactly. So the new king and queen were like, nah, girl, you can stay. (laughs) And though they were, like, they were, like, a lot more conservative than Charles was, so they were like, you can stay, but we're gonna need you to tone it down a little bit. (laughs) 
And I'm sure she's like, okay. <laughs> so that's probably why we don't know about any of her lovers from this time. Because she just kept it hidden? Because I, I, I don't think that she didn't do it. I think oh, she yeah. did it. She just didn't. I think she definitely still had lovers because it's Hortense Mancini. And but she wasn't going to the Gazette and talking about it. Yeah, she wasn't <laughs> like calling the paparazzi and be like, me and my boo are going to be over at the chateau. You should yeah. show up at the same time. But Armand was like a dog with a fucking bone. Like, he... Right after Charles died, he was trying, like, everything that he could. He spent so much money hiring lawyers and detectives and stuff to try to get her to come back. Yeah. Why do you even want her back now? Yeah, she left you high and dry. She obviously doesn't want to be... Why? It's such a weird, like, control thing. Yeah, and she's been gone at this point for, like, 20 fucking years. Oh, my God. Like, Get she... over it. And the French courts send her, uh, like, the court sides with him, and they send her, like, an order, like, to return. Basically, like, a warrant. <laughs> They're like, you need to return to France. And she's like, okay, let me get right on that. <laughs> Be right there. So, in 1688, there was a revolution in England, and her cousin and the new King James were kicked the fuck out for being too Catholic. Yes. Charles had died in 85, so she'd been under the care for about three years at the time. So, when he's kicked out, it's very much like, Oh no! What's gonna What's gonna fucking happen? Yeah, oh, she's horrified. Um, so because it's the second time in like two or three years that she's like, "Oh fuck, I might get kicked out." But the couple that came in to be the new king and queen were kind of chill. Yeah, they were just sort of like, "Look, the pension they were giving you is ridiculous. We're not gonna give you that much." But you can keep your house in Chelsea, and we'll give you a bit of a reduced pension if you say you're Protestant now. And she was just like, cool, yeah. Fucking, fuck the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> 100% Protestant. Whoop. Um, yeah, so William and Mary decided to let her stay. But, I mean, like, what choice did she have anyway? Like, yeah. It's not like she could have been like, no, I demand more for no reason. You know? Like, <laughs> because I don't do shit. I think shit. it's super cash money that they gave her anything. Anything, right? Um, but, yeah, she had no choice. She had no money independently, as we've said. Yeah. So she took the reduced income and was just like... God save the king so and for, queen. So, <laughs> so for the next nine years, she lived in England, but she knew these people owed her nothing. Yeah. So the last years of her life are lived on, you know, pretty fucking low key. Low key. Though there's rumor that she became an alcoholic and she ran up huge gambling debts, which sounds right in line with her girl. Yep, so. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sadly, on July 2nd, 1699, this fabulous and amazing woman left this world. Um, Here's the thing, though. We don't know how she died. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of speculation. She was 53. And yeah, in the 17th century, 53 was no spring chicken. Yeah. But still, the people lived... 53 was also not, like, that old either. Yeah, and she was in pretty good shape, too. Well, no. Besides the, the drinking. The alcohol was... That, so there's two schools of thought here. Or, well, I guess there's three. Um, one, that she died of alcohol poisoning because she had become quite a lush. She really had. Two is that she committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't... I don't know. It doesn't really fall in line with... I feel like the people who thought that she was Cleopatra started 
spreading that rumor. Oh, uh, yeah. like, decadence leads you to suicide. I don't know. It just doesn't seem on brand for her. But since we know so little about the end of her life, maybe mm. she was depressed, you know? Yeah, there, you have no idea. And lastly, the other reason is pretty obvious. She just got sick and died because it was like the fucking 17th century and they didn't have antibiotics and vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> so pour one out for our girl Hortense. But the drama is not done because <laughs> crazy ass husband comes to England to claim her body. Oh God, this is a horrible story. I thought I couldn't hate this guy anymore. Right. Instead of just bringing her back or like arranging for her to be buried somewhere in England or like he makes a tour around Europe with her body, like propped Ugh. up, like propped up in a carriage sitting next to him and he'd like put his arm around her what in the literal fuck tell people like well she's finally back with me now i told everybody that i'd get her back but she's dead and they like went all over england they went to like the netherlands oh my god he did the same thing in france where everyone was just like uh, she must have started smelling of course like it just this guy is wackadoo wackadoodle do twenty percent? <laughs> but anyway, he, he would even like kiss her and stuff. Ugh. I know, I don't like it. This guy needs Jesus or Colossopin, and <laughs> even though it's disgraceful. Honestly, it's kind of fitting for yeah. that. <laughs> like, of course, really is. her afterlife would be just as drama. Yeah. As her life. She's being splashed across the pages of the gazettes. Could you Dead. Imagine <laughs> if, could you imagine if Kim Kardashian died? I could kind of see Kanye kind of pulling something weird like this. <laughs> oh my god, he would. Probably not this weird, but like, I don't know, making like a Kim doll that he brought around yeah. with him or something. <laughs> so anyway, it was a huge story. Obviously, yeah. Be, like the, the tabloids weird. just couldn't. Like, couldn't. They, they were like, "This guy is giving us great material." Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, she was finally laid to rest in France, next to the body of her uncle. Which is probably the way that they both would have wanted it. Yeah, they they both loved each other so much. So, well, that was an interesting story. So, cheers! Cheers to. Hortense Mancini and her crazy extravagant life. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a really great Facebook discussion group. We'd love to see you over there, too. And if you're so inclined, we do have a Patreon account if you need more Queen's content in your life. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for listening, bitches. Cheers, bitches. <laughs> yeah, I saw you try. You I swallowed tried. real no, hard. And you're like, oh, oh bah. <laughs> One for the booper. Booper reel. <laughs> booper. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Pause for editing. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. 
That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.